Hey fellas, you know if you want to be your cleanest, you want to feel your best, you want to smell your best, and you want to take care of not only yourself, but everyone that's taking care of you, taking care of your family jewels, taking care of those sensitive spots, then you got to take care of them first by getting yourself nice and manscaped. Use that promo code DNVR20. You get 20% off plus free shipping from manscaped.com. You can get that lawnmower 3.0, which has been beautifully designed to reduce any painful nicks and tugs. I've used it several times, never once had that ouch moment. It's a third generation trimmer featuring advanced skin safe technology so that you keep your bad boys nice and smooth. In addition to that, you can get yourself some shower gel, some ball deodorant that very specifically and effectively reduces chafing. You can get yourself some general spritz or whatever you do. You know that you're going to feel your best. You're going to feel your cleanest. You're going to smell your best if you get Manscaped. So again, remember to use that promo code DNVR20 to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Right center field. David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Hey, welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast. You know, it's presented by Strava Craft Coffee. It's delicious. It's rich and infused with CBD. It's potentially life-altering. It was for me, and if you drink a lot of coffee, it could help you with anxiety, with crashes, with caffeine problems, or it could just be a delicious alternative that you tend to prefer. You use that promo code DNVR20, you'll get 20% off your entire purchase. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is our beat writer, Patrick Lyons. And for the first time in the history of our great sport, Patrick, we are excited to present a schedule show. We're, we're going to talk about the schedule because more than ever in a 60-game season, it matters. Um, but I, want to, I wanted to pose this to you because... Honestly, until this schedule came out, man, like, I, I'm going to be straight up with everybody. I didn't care that much. You know, I was kind of falling a, a bit into this, like, cynical pattern, which I try to stay out of. But there's a lot of news coming across, and we've got to put this caveat again, of course, over everything. More players testing positive, more that we learn about, you know, the procedures not being in place that need to be, the health. And all of that looms over this entire conversation. But then the schedule came out. And it was like, you remember when you were a little kid and you you went and you signed up for Little League, like down at the school or wherever you went. And then like a, what felt like forever later is probably like a week, but you're a little kid. So it felt like it took forever. And you'd get that, that thing in the mail and it'd have your roster and your coach's phone number on there um, and the schedule. Here's your games. And you'd look at it and you'd go, all right, I know what I'm doing these nights for the next couple of months. And there was just a magic that came with it. And I wasn't expecting myself to feel this way. But, Patrick, I looked at it. And we'll get into all the other feelings I've got. But we've both got about the schedule in a minute. 
But Rocky Burke is right. What's up, guys? Let's play some baseball. I, I saw the thing, and I, I felt like I was 12 years old again, getting the schedule in the mail and going, there it is. That's that's what we're going to try to do. <laughs> it's And it's also like going to one of the first games of a season and getting the magnet schedule. I still think that's the best giveaway um, at, at a minor league or a major league ballpark. Sure, the bobbleheads are awesome. They look great. Um, but they do take up a lot of real estate in your home, whereas magnet schedule, you might get rid of it or you throw it in an old program. But you've got it, much like you said, Drew, uh, with, with your Little League schedule. You've got it up on the calendar, or rather you got it up on the refrigerator, and it's there for you to look at and just stop and just stand in front of the refrigerator for a couple minutes and think about all the players you know, coming into town, coming to Coors Field to play against the Rockies, and, oh, let's look at this stretch. Oh, wow, yeah, they're going to be on the road for like a week here. Oh, that's pretty wild. I wonder how many miles that is in your mind just goes and goes, and now – we finally got a schedule this year for all baseball, but in particular, your Colorado Rockies. Yeah, there, there's so much to digest here, and I want to get some top-line takeaways, and then we'll, we'll dive into the details. We're hoping to be joined here very soon by our good friend Andre Simone over from, well, all kinds of beats, really, but of course does a lot of stuff at the Broncos side. He knows a thing or two about diving into the schedule, but... I think just some things that are indicative of, of the weirdness of this, the unusualness of it. First of all, just opening day. It's on the road in Texas at the Rangers. So all of that is, I mean, the Rockies are used to opening on the road, I guess, but uh, at the Rangers, uh, <laughs> an, an, an interleague game to open up the season. Awfully strange there from the Colorado Rockies perspective. Uh, and then, you know, the that little bit of kind of, normal schedule conversation because I, I want to do this really quick because I think this is a good way to start. Normally this would be the entirety of the schedule conversation that we would have is we would look at those first couple of days and talk about how that impacts how the start of the season is going to go because beyond that in 162 you really can't know too much but you see there they've got three off days in the first couple of weeks. They've got a couple of games at Texas, uh, then uh, an off game, then a few more. Uh, I'm sorry, no, no, no. They've got a few games at Texas, then an off day, then a couple at Oakland, then an off day, and then they start at home against San Diego. So they really won't need a fifth starter until that first series against the San Francisco Giants. Uh, they won't need to have decided on, you know, in a normal, now we know guys are only going to be going five, six innings, you know, things are going to get weird or whatever. But in terms of who you're starting on any given day, if you're having Marquez, who we assume is going to be your number one starter, go. If he's going on normal five days rest, again, if that's all normal, that's what, that's all we would be able to talk about is basically those first little clump of games. Yeah, you know, they open up at Globe Life Field, which is a brand-new stadium they got there in Texas because the other one was, you know, about – 20 years old so you need a brand new stadium uh at that point and so yeah they get those off days early on and it's it's unnecessary to say the least because colorado is uh one of only seven teams to play for 20 straight days that's actually the most um according to mlb and the the, the current cba and it's kind of pretty standard that'll go forward 20 straight days 
And there's only two other teams that have that on the, in their schedule, uh, Atlanta and Philadelphia. Atlanta, theirs is, is right away in the beginning of the season when you've got 30 players. Philadelphia's got it towards the end of the season when they're only going to have 26. So Colorado's going to be somewhere in the middle during that 20-game stretch. And, well, well, we'll get to that. But you're right. I, you, you like what they've got early on. Um, there in, in, in Texas and Oakland, and then you start at San Diego and, 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 and the, then the Giants at Coors Field, and, and you think, okay, um, that's that's not any of the powerhouses just yet. Uh, we don't need that fifth starter on, until you know we're getting up to closer to game number ten, and then then we've got a season. If if we make it there, if we can make it to August and with real games, we might have a real season. May may just have one. Uh, Got to start out though is. Will points out in the Rangers' new stadium, which he says is located in the Tractor Supply Company building. Of course, reminding us that they've got a weird situation out there. And, of course, they've got to have a debut in new stadium with no fans in it. And so that's <laughs> got to be super odd and frustrating for, for the folks down there as well. Um, yeah, so so I want to let me let me throw a few of my top line takeaways at you, Patrick, and then we can kind of go one by one through these um the rockies begin and end of the season on the road the rockies according to uh mlb network who put this together uh based on the records from a season ago the rockies have the fifth hardest strength of schedule and the dodgers have the fifth easiest strength of schedule uh and then of course i know a lot of people are wondering about this was the thing we we highlighted immediately knowing that there was Almost no way they were going to be able to create balance to the schedule unless they got weird and creative. Went with like we had talked about the possibility of five game series. They didn't do any of that. So as we had speculated in that conversation, you've got an uneven schedule. It plays out for the Rockies as follows. They have six games against the Dodgers on the road, only four at home. They have seven games against the Diamondbacks on the road and only three at home. Six games against the Giants on the road, only four at home. And the I only... I think that might be reversed, no? Giants? I think I... Yes. Six at home, six at Coors. Oh, is that right? They have six at Coors. Yeah. So, so it's the Giants and the Padres for whom they have the home field schedule advantage here. Six and four right. uh, against uh, both the Padres and the the Giants. So what is your initial response to that? <laughs> no, sir. I don't like it. <laughs> no, sir. You know, the, besides oh. the Rockies having the fifth hardest schedule, now this is based on uh, team's 2019 record, of course. It was also the worst record, or rather the, the worst in uh, the National League. So they've got the hardest schedule of all National League teams. Uh, and as you said, the Dodgers, uh, they had this schedule for National League teams. Uh, Cardinals were also in the mix as, as the third uh, easiest. So, you know, it, it's kind of fairly balanced, it seems like. It, it seems like there's more separation in the American League, uh, particularly with, with the teams that are in the Central. Um, but, yeah, that, that, is, that is a major disadvantage. The, the you know, three- and, and four-game schedules, there's even a couple – Two game schedules back to back with Houston that we'll we'll get to in a in a second. That's um, the most curious thing of them all. But it it 
it forces more travel for the teams. And, you know, I, I don't know that that's a, a good thing. It, it Immediately, it, it seems very much like a bad thing, you know, um, just having to get into a plane with just air being circulated, you know, in, in there. And it, it's just it doesn't doesn't seem, you know, really great. So uh, you, know, you understand players not wanting to stay in a city for five straight days. You know, maybe maybe more trouble with that. I, I don't know, but MLB is the one making the decision to, I think, put their players a little bit more at risk than say, hey, players, it's on you to stay out of trouble in L.A. for five straight days. That's on you. I, I would rather have it that way because um, that's that's what that's what ML that's what the teams are going to need for us to actually have the season. Yeah, on that level, honestly, it's. It, beyond even baseball, the schedule is kind of disappointing to see that they really didn't try to get creative with it in anything other than mixing around the teams and who people are playing and making sure that everyone kind of stays in the same region, that nobody from this kind of West travels out East at any point. Like that they successfully accomplished, but I agree with you, so much more could have been done to mitigate the potential uh, damages of of traveling, uh, and, and it hasn't really been done here. Um, yeah, and you also have an imbalance. Uh, you've got it with the interleague games. There's only three games against the Angels and Mike Trout. I guess that's kind of a good thing, especially since you can't be there. It'll be at Coors Field, um, so you might see Trout you know, coming away with about five home runs after that three-game set, depending on how things go with Rockies pitchers. Um, but only three against the Angels, three against the Mariners. You got four against Houston that are all compacted in four straight days, and then six against Texas, three at home to open the season, and or three at Globe Life Field, and then three at the Rockies' home, Coors Field, uh, later on down the line. I'm going to agree with a comment here from Schweier real quick, but then push it way to the end of the conversation. It says, honestly, not that hard of a schedule. I'm gonna, I'm going to very briefly agree with you, and then get right back into all of the stuff about why, on the surface, is a very difficult schedule for the Colorado Rockies. But there are one or two things hidden inside of here that maybe you're getting at that that we're going to get to here in a moment. But on the surface, yeah, all of this stuff is tough with them uh, having particularly, I think, an inordinate number of road games against the Dodgers and Diamondbacks. A lot of people expect the Diamondbacks to be a part of it, too. I don't know why the scheduling gods gave the Diamondbacks so many gifts, they in particular, not just against the Rockies, um, but I, I, I saw their strength of schedule numbers, too, and the number of like road games against plus 500 teams on their schedule was eight. Uh, so the the Diamondbacks have gotten, you know, some some breaks here too. But I will say this: you give me the option of having to play seven games in Arizona or having to play seven games in San Diego or San Francisco. Let's take LA off the table for a minute. Uh, just those three teams are in those three places. I'm, I'll take the seven in Arizona. The atmosphere is closer to the Rockies. It's also a little bit at altitude. They've fared decently well in Arizona over the years where they really struggled at times to pick up key wins uh, against the Padres and the Giants, even when those teams haven't been particularly good. And the other interesting thing with the Padres schedule too, and I've got a chance to totally dive into the other teams in the NL West, but um, the Padres leave California one time in September. 
how nice of a schedule oh. is that for them? They go up to Seattle for three games, and that's it. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad if you're a Padres fan, right? Not at all. Well, you know, now that this schedule has come out, you may be taking an extra look at your DraftKings Sportsbook app. This may be uh, informing how you think the season's going to unfold. You should definitely stay through the rest of this conversation because here in a minute we're going to introduce you to a fellow who knows a thing or two about scheduling and knows a thing or two about smart bets. But if you want to be able to take advantage of that advice, you got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You use the promo code DNVR because you could get a sign-up bonus of up to a thousand bucks. We're going to be running through all kinds of baseball bets that you can lay down. A lot of them Rockies related. Uh, there, there's a ton of interesting ones. I still think the over/under on them is low, despite what we're talking about on the schedule today. They've got some individuals with real opportunities to put up some spicy numbers. And remember, you can trust the DraftKings Sportsbook app because you know they're located right here in the United States, it's not some weird offshore operation. Your funds are safe and secure. You can deposit and withdraw at your convenience. And they've got all kinds of special bonus offers going on all the time. You can basically just win free money by betting on things and then put that toward your next almost assuredly win if you're following our guys on the DNVR Bets channel. So again, make sure you've downloaded that top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up for a limited time. All new users get that sign-up bonus of up to 1000 bucks. You must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to 500 bucks. Deposit bonus requires 25 by playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. And now, my friends, I crack open a Breck brew, in this case a vanilla porter, because I've, I've just burned through the Mile High City Copper Lager. That 15-can pack is gone. Had to go into the sampler pack. I got the vanilla porter here. Ran by the farmhouse the other day, used that promo code DNVR, got five bucks off. It was super fantastic. And as I, I toast, really, I open my Breck brew and I toast to our special guest for the day, as I've mentioned a few times before, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Professor Dre, the math magician, Andre Simone. Cheers. Hey, guys. Cheers. I'm having a... Uh, I almost finished my mimosa here. No, there I, we go. I joke. It was like Fanta. Um, I'm doing great. I uh, I need all your insights on this, uh, on this schedule coming through. I can tell you that from my early research, there have been no line changes here on DraftKings Sportsbook for any Major League Baseball team, though. Scrolling through these, uh, I wouldn't mind picking your guys' brains on a few of these where it's like, huh, these guys are projected to win more games than the Rockies? Interesting. But anyways, um, yeah, I was able to just hear the tail end of uh, what Patrick was saying with traveling to Seattle and, uh, you know, being on bets. I was hearing kind of your comments, uh, Drew, on how not the most favorable schedule right now. Yeah, on on paper, it's really not. And to get back to, you know, a few of my other notes, again, to remind anyone who's coming in now or, or missed it, the, the NL West in particular is tough having to play six at the Dodgers, seven at the Diamondbacks. Though I think at Arizona is really, if, if you had to pick one place where you had an inordinate number of in-division games on the road, I think the Rockies handled themselves well in Arizona. Uh, and I think that 
both they and the Padres can be uh, slightly overrated from a talent perspective here, and they're awfully thin. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things that on paper, it's like, oh, that's not really good. Now, I'll give you this. Uh, let me get everyone's thought on on this to start jumping ahead to maybe what Schweier was getting at. Because my original thought, I even said this on bets, we said this on this podcast, was the Rockies need some long stretches in here. If they could get some of these longer homestands, longer road trips, um, it, it's really going to benefit them and, and mitigate the Coors Field hangover effect. Yeah. Now, though, that I see that there are no long homestands, in fact, there's an inordinate number of short ones. They've got one nine-game homestand. It's at the very end of the season. They're not going to be in any place for too long. Part of me wonders if, in a sprint, that's just not going to allow the effects of what Because people oftentimes think, well, the Coors Field hangover effect means they're worse their first couple of days on the road, and then they get better by the end of the road trip. There's actually no statistical evidence to support that claim. The Rockies are just bad on the road. Maybe it'll be the case that if you're only ever on the road for six games at a time, mentally speaking, you can't go into a slump because ah, six games without a hit, that could happen to anybody. Nine games right. without a hit, you're killing yourself. Well, six games and, and you're struggling, well, you're coming right back to Coors Field. I have developed this theory in the last 35 minutes. What do the two of you think? <laughs> well, there there is a real tough stretch, that, again, to belabor a point about you know the travel that's going to be involved in this. But the uh, the Rockies are going to be home for a three-game stretch in the middle of July against Texas. So uh, after the, the 1 o'clock game on Sunday, July 16th, uh, excuse me, August 16th, they're going to go and fly to Houston and play two games in 24 hours. Then they're going to fly back to Coors Field and play another two games in 24 hours. And then they're going to fly to L.A. for a three-game series, no off days. So, again, those two off days that they get in the first week of the season just makes no sense whatsoever. Again, you, you have to fit it in. It's a computer program that's doing all these things, but that's one of those competitive you know, disadvantages that they're going to have. That will be a stretch that's, that's kind of right in the middle of that, that 20 games on the road in 20 consecutive days that will, will be somewhat of a make-or-break season. And if they can get through that, that will be pivotal because they play so many games against NL West opponents um, the, the, the second half, actually, I, it, I take that back. That will be, that will be the make or break of their season because that's who they play in August is nothing but, right. um, predominantly NL West teams. And right. they're going to be on the road so much in September that it, by the trade deadline, you'll kind of know if they're going to be, you know, in it or not. And Rockies management will decide, Hey, maybe we should try to bring somebody in or, you know what? Hey, we, we, we did our best to, to sprint here and, and we kind of pulled a hamstring. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy to talk about it already with such a shortened season. Just like it's like such a condensed version of anything. We're like we're like mini me's of uh, what the what the MLB season used to be. Um, and just trying to wrap my mind around it all. But it's interesting what you're saying, Drew, where almost such a frenetic back and forth to some extent eliminate some of the adjusting back and forth because you, you're never quite adjusted. It's just right. like that. Yeah, it's going to, it's going to break a little differently here. It's not going to break 
as much there, you know, and where that's just your mindset. That's just your eye is midweek time to adjust to, to not playing at altitude and then right. back at it. But hmm. yeah, I, mean, I wonder about the, the lack of those, you know, you're on the road for nine days, then you come home for right. three and then you go back out on the road and you're like, if you didn't get a hit in those three days and you were, you've been kind of on a slump and now you're back out on, you're like, are you kidding me? Or at least this, you know, that's no longer possible. That's, that's one thing that I'm hanging on to inside of this. I'll tell you the biggest one, though. Patrick, it seemed like you wanted to jump back in on that. Though. Well, yeah, their, their longest um, road trip is only going to be seven games, thankfully. So they it won't have that. Closes out the season, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they close out the season, and then right before the All-Star break, three uh, at the Dodgers and four against the Diamondbacks. So they'll have those stints. Um, but, again, it, it kind of gets them going back home maybe a little more frequently. Again, they're 30 games at home, 30 games on the road, but they're not going to be out there so long where it's going to be, oh, shoot, you know, a, a two and eight road trip. That could, that's totally could cripple a, a season here in this sprint, but they don't have that. So again, that's, that's something you put on the, on the positive side of the ledger for, you know, why they would more likely be an over right now, according to DraftKings Sportsbooks uh, over under. Right, those stretches of like, man, I can't buy a hit on the road. It's like, well, okay, wait two days. We'll be back at home. Yeah. Like, chill. Like, yeah. we're fine. That'll, that'll be really interesting. I'll, I'll tell you the thing, though, that actually first jumped out to me as a potential big advantage, and it ties into what Patrick was saying a moment ago about coming up to the deadline and the limited amount of time to plan. The early part of the schedule, if my analysis of the the, these teams is correct uh, is relatively easy is they, they at the very least do not come up against a powerhouse until they play Houston they don't play the Dodgers until the end of August uh, so they will have had near half their season played before they have to come up against the Dodgers and if they've had a chance to build up a bunch of wins. Nolan Arenado was asked just the other day about the importance of getting off to a good start. And it's funny because I think this is hundred percent true, but it's like, it's way more important before, but it's because every single game is way more important before, right? The, your, your two week starts going to be the most important thing, but then the next two weeks after that become the, the most important thing. Then the two weeks up to the trade deadline and then, you know, season's over. <laughs> then, um, but I do think that that early, like if they can build up their wins against the Rangers Mariners, uh, the the Padres and Giants a little bit there. They got to prove that they they're better than those teams, which is really the key to this season they anyway. They, that's just what this is all about. You got to beat the Padres, Giants, and Diamondbacks. That's <laughs> that's what's come out here. But if they can build up against those teams before they start playing Houston and LA, um, they could have a shot to add something here and and mm -hmm. go on a run. That's where I think the Rockies' best case scenario lies is getting off to a really good start and then gaining the confidence to get through that really weird middle part that Patrick was talking about and the fact that your season ends with like all these games against the Dodgers Giants and and Diamondbacks and it's going to feel like every single day you're playing through your season yeah as you mentioned with with kind of the back loaded uh, schedule against NL West teams they only they play the Dodgers three times before August 31st, before the trade deadline, and then seven times after that. So it's it's a lot of, of AL West teams. And I think that's the way you want it, you know. Like, think about last year, you 
know, the Milwaukee Brewers. She could have been on the other foot for Colorado trying to squeeze into the playoffs. But you had the Milwaukee Brewers. They had to finish their season in Colorado to decide if they were going to win the NL Central. And lo and behold, Rockies ended up sweeping them, knocked the Brewers out of the playoffs there, So, or, yeah. or from, from winning the NL Central pennant. So, you know, I, I think this schedule really suggests that it's, it's going to be incredibly uphill battle as as we really already knew it was going to be for them to you know to win the nl west but you know even even if it it isn't going well through august 31st shoot you've got a whole second half of the season where you can get hot and we saw them do that last year if 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 anyone remembers uh, los cucarachas they were just they wouldn't die right they just would not die they just continued to multiply uh, as it were, and they could do that again and sneak in and, and grab one of those final two wild card spots in the National League. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I mean, and that's why though a, a nice hot start would be so great to get this team to really believe. Hey, we can be that team that takes this funky season, embraces it, and really just shocks the world. And hot start would go so far in giving them that confidence to do that, especially because that start is where things are normalized a bit. Then things start to get extra weird. If you're winning, you can really be like, yo, let's just embrace this. Let's have fun with it. Let's, you know, no one expects us to do anything. We're playing with house money. Let's let's go with this. Um, oof. That'd be exciting. That'd be yeah, really fun. I, I, going the other way, it's I think it's going to be a season for all teams where if it's not going well, it's going to be that much easier to not be mentally there for games with people not in stands with yeah. announcements coming every day about your, your teammates not showing up, whatever it may be though. All of the extra difficulties and complications are going to be that much tougher if you're losing every day yeah. um, and, and trying to recover from that midway through the season. So I think the hot start is just the absolute key. And, and that's going to depend so much upon those top three pitchers, as we were talking about, Patrick, those, those couple of days off, uh, we, were, we were mentioning this Professor Dre before you got here, that um, they can extend this a little bit. They can throw, um, you know, Marquez Gray Freeland off day, mm-hmm. Senzatella off day. You go right back to Marquez Gray Freeland, Senza. Yeah. Then that's the first time that first home game against the Giants where you even got to consider Wow. Going with like a, a fifth starter or something. Again, we're kind of assor- assuming sure. normal rules and guys can go on certain rotations. So that may also help with the Rockies getting off to a strong start. If they can stack their top three pitchers, who we know have a lot more talents and experience and stronger totally. resumes than the next <laughs> several. And if you're going to play anyone, you want to be playing the Giants, who are the weakest team in the division. Right. And if they're not having to throw their fifth starter out there with a weakened bullpen, uh, they got a lot of, you know, some some interesting arms uh, in their pen, but they just don't have, you know, the same veterans that that Colorado does or guys with with a massive amount of upside. And you know, mm-hmm. this this could be the the kind of year, especially you know, given the expanded roster for the first two weeks of the season, where you're gonna have 30 guys. This could be that moment where you go, all right, Brian Shaw, Jake McGee, you guys are, you know, you're you're earning your worth a little bit more so right now because we kind of just maybe need some innings. And, you know, Shaw's going to be the he's going to be the one that, you know, he did it last year for for various stretches at a time where he was a reliable arm that was coming out of the pen in the seventh inning to be the bridge to Oberg and Davis mm-hmm. um, or or Diaz in, and and yeah. Oberg. So, 
um, those two guys are, are going to be really important. And the Giants really don't have that kind of veteran leadership in their bullpen. So hot start is going to be huge. And, uh, and beating up the Giants there as well is going to bode well for their record in the NL West. Well, and what a huge strategy. That doesn't, you know, because in a regular time, yeah, it, it could really set you up to have a marvelous first two weeks. But in like a baseball season time, this could put you in the driver's seat, like what would have been like 40, 50 games into a normal season. Right. Um, just having that kind of hot start would put you so ahead of the curb. And now have you, and I know some teams have said they might, uh, extend their rotations and uh, like teams like the Braves who well you know if Felix Hernandez was our like fifth starter maybe we'd extend the rotation <laughs> too. Uh, we should all be so lucky um, but you know uh, so it'd be it'd be nice to see the Rockies kind of go counter tendency with that and let's really take advantage of these three aces we've got yeah you know we've talked about this a little bit and we had mentioned how you know the expansion to the 30 roster 30 man roster yeah. the, the player who benefits most from that is clearly Jeff Hoffman, who was kind of stuck between make the team as either the fifth rotation guy or the long man or get DFA'd and, and you're, you're almost certainly out of here. Hoffman now becomes a guy you almost have to have on your roster as someone who can pick up multiple innings and maybe on that mm-hmm. fifth day you don't expect him to go four or five because you've got him and Chichi Gonzalez on the roster. You didn't right. have to decide between the two. Right. I could see them piecemealing uh, fifth rotation stuff together. I can't imagine Bud Black wanting to go more than five days between starts for Marquez Gray and Freeland. With just how dependent they're going to be on those three guys, I think they'd almost rather be careful. This is how I would do it. Now I'm totally speculating based on my own analysis. Right, right. Now I think Buddy looks at the game, but I think you'd rather have Kyle Freeland go out there once every five days and throw 75 pitches rather than go out there once every six days, you know, and be able to throw 90 to 100. But right. That's, that's kind of the question, right? So then you are kind of look asking a bit more of those bridge, almost hybrid guys like right. the Chi-Chi's, like the Hoffmans, to, to really be able to kind of uh, carry the load from time to time. It's just going to be so different with the intensity upped in every game. Right. Really, and, 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 yeah, and that's going to be a challenge too. Talking to media, especially if, if you have guys saying, "Hey, you guys lost two, you know, three. Let's say you get swept, three game series. Mm-hmm. You just didn't have it. Yeah. Oh man, it's, it's a bummer. You know, you lost uh, three st- straight to the Padres. You know, if each game is worth two point seven wins, shoot, right. that that's almost a you know equivalent to, to losing nine straight. Mm-hmm. And you're going, it's only three games. They got the best yeah. of us, right? They had a walk off here. They, you know, such and such happened, and we fought back, but we still lost 10-8. You know, our starter didn't have it. It was a number five guy. And it's like, geez, we we only lost three games. And it, it's like it's like having the yips, I would imagine, mm-hmm. where you go, yeah. you know, you're, you're putting it under a, a magnifying lens where it wouldn't normally be, and then you snap out of it, and you're fine. But you lose two, three in a row, it immediately becomes this thing of like, Oh man, are we are we really not that good of a team? Are we, right. we really the worst team right. in the NOS based off of eighteen in, innings, two games? That's it. Right. But all thirty teams are going to be dealing. Yeah, it, yeah, it's going to be a crazy process for everybody. Yeah. There's a couple of questions that we got here that I want to get to, but I also want to remind everybody out there that 
if you want to be really smart about all this stuff, really these things go hand in hand. There are a couple, really all of our sponsorships, if you think about them, work in tandem. Because mm -hmm. what I do is I have my Strava Craft coffee in the morning that gets me going, right? Then by this time of night, I've got my Breck Brew open. And I want to make good decisions on my DraftKings Sportsbook app. But I'm not always convinced I'm educated enough to do that. So I head over to MSU Denver online i'm nice and buzzed on my breck brew and i can do my <laughs> online studying and i can do it from people that know what they're doing and aren't just figuring out what this whole online education thing is about you know here in these last couple of months go to the experts man i can tell you firsthand they've got some phenomenal classes whether you're trying to get started on a new degree you're trying to finish one out you just want a new skill in life maybe you want to learn how to build something that you've never been able to build before in your life just around the house whatever it may be man they've got all kinds of cool stuff to help you learn how to be the best version of yourself that you can be so check out everything that they've got over there at msudenver.edu online be ready to tackle the world all right, so we got a few questions as I was mentioning here. And at first, these are gonna seem like they don't have anything to do with each other, but I actually think this all ties into our early in the year conversation. Uh, one comes from Adam who says, are the two games against the Rangers the only exhibition games they will play besides their intra-squad games? And Buckeyes wants to know how big of an impact we think Matt Kemp will have. Um, this big this is all tied into how that beginning of the season is going to go right but patrick it is my understanding that those are the only exhibition games they're going to get against anyone other than themselves yeah i think uh, according to the the march 26 agreement teams could have played upwards of three exhibition games and unless you're you know a team in, in california or you know the astros and, and the rangers there's really no way for you to go in and out of, of a city or it's just not really economical um, you know, both both financially and both for the beating it's going to have on your players, especially in the early going. So it's very strange to, you know, play an exhibition game against a team that you're then going to go ahead and face mm -hmm. in a, in a three-game series. But, again, you know, at that point, you're that's probably your number four, number five starter guy, right? It, it's going to be those two games, you know, maybe Sensatella getting the ball in, in the first exhibition game, the, the first ever, you know, real game. Uh, at, at Globe Life Field, and then Chichi Gonzalez in, in, in the second one, and hey, whoever has the better start might be the one who, who gets the ball the next week or two <laughs> weeks from then right. uh, against San Francisco. So, you know, it could be could We be can't say small spot. sample size anymore. That's a phrase we just have to completely eliminate from our lexicon. The small sample size is much larger these days but those <laughs> exhibition games will be you know important for the rockies to figure a couple things out um and but you know they're none of the pitching matchups are really going to be impacted it's not as if the rockies are going to get a look at something that's going to you know win them a game you know during those first you know three of the season the coaching staff will see what their hitters are doing and um you know there's going to be no joey gallo he's another player that tested positive for for covid19 mm -hmm. so that's a hit to texas and you know we we talked about as Andre said, going to, to six starters. Well, the Dodgers, you know, uh, just lost David Price. He opted out of the season, no. and that was after they had traded away Kenta Maeda to Minnesota because, hey, we got David Price, so we've got this pitching depth, right. and now 
their options to go to the six-man rotation have dwindled. So, so many moving pieces, but... Uh, you know, great question to Adam about, about the exhibition game. So that'll be kind of neat to, to get a chance to look at that ballpark for two days, have an off day, and then on July 24th, all right, forget this new stadium. Let's get some dubs. Uh, and then the, the Kemp question, no, I think this all ties into it because they're only going to have those handful of exhibition games against opposition, right, to try this stuff mm-hmm. out. So they have to walk this very fine balance where – on the one hand, you know how important these early season games are. We just ran over it. But on the other hand, it, games against Texas and, and the Giants and these teams you don't expect to be fantastic are games. Look, if those guys are going to run away from you, if they're going to beat you by four or five runs regularly, you're not going to have a good season. Sorry, that's just the way it is. Like we said, it's, they're probably not going to be able to catch up later. This is when you have to find out, what do you have in Matt Kemp? Can Rymal Tapia be an everyday starter you know some of these bigger questions about your position guys so i you know i think matt kemp has a chance to be a real impact player this year but i think he's going to have a small window when i look at this schedule uh to prove it you like almost everybody else you better produce early or we'll get you out of there yeah i think they're going to give him an opportunity you know it, it might even they might even wait until they come back to colorado to cut him loose if he's not getting the job done but you're going to say you're you're going to have a much longer leash on a veteran player like Matt Kemp, yeah. who, you know, Sunday, Nolan Arenado said it. He was at one point the best player in the game. So you're going to give him a much longer leash than you are, are someone like Jonathan Daza and say, I don't know, does this kid have it? You the book has you know the book hasn't been written on Daza yet, but you you've you know you've seen him just as much in the minor league level as you've seen Matt Kemp on the major league level, and Kemp's numbers in the bigs against the the game's best are you know they they uh, they pale in comparison to what what D, uh, Daza has. Yeah, right. it's it's pretty good. So um, yeah, they're gonna give him a shot, and and you gotta hope that he's gonna be productive enough, especially since the thirty man roster is only gonna be around for so long. You know, when there's 26, that's that, you're you're walking a fine line. You got a spot for him, but he's still going to need to produce, or else, you know, he would be designated for assignment because uh, he very much does not have any minor league options as a 35 year old veteran. Right. Yeah. I mean, how long is that leash going to be to figure out? Is this the 2019 Matt Kemp we saw in San Diego, right, or is this that uh, the the renaissance-worthy Matt Kemp we saw two years prior um, in L.A. where he was just extraordinary. And, you know, I hate to say it, but when I think about baseball, you you could almost say that the Dodgers uh, are so in my head that that I'm paying rent. Or I I botched that, but you guys get it. (laughs) It It does make me think, though, with Kemp, how much of this is the Dodgers' effect? How much of this is part of the franchise that seems to get journeymen like Max Muncy and get them to play at their full potential where they can put together a lineup of nothing but 20 home run hitters, um, even though they're not all the highest pedigree um, you know, prospects entering the MLB. Um, how is he going to be able to operate away from those confines? And how much are you going to be able to tap into Matt Kemp being a historically great type of hitter at Coors and obviously at Chavez Ravine, um, two places where the Rockies will be quite a bit next season. Um, and being in those familiar confines more often might really play into uh, 
the new veteran outfielder's hand. So all of that is going to be really interesting to me. But I really want to see, you know, if he struggles early, how much of a leash is he given? And how much how much do you kind of keep uh, the Sam Hilliards and Ramel Tapias and even Daza's kind of sitting back to wait and figure out if the old dog still has it? Yeah, hopefully with the DH, you don't have to do any of that. True. Hopefully they True. Can, can kind of have their cake and, yeah. and eat it too here. I got an interesting quote here in the comments from Will. I want to see exactly where he got it from because it, it definitely relates to this conversation as well. One thing I will notice, and again, I, I think the caveat has to go over all of this, that I begrudge zero people any reason for they want to stay home at all. No explanation even required as far as I'm concerned, and, and we've said that several times on the podcast. And, and so I, I reach zero moral judgments by noticing a certain pattern of players who've accomplished quite a bit in their careers already, either having already won, or you, you could even look at, you know, sort of the money that Ian Desmond's made to this point, more veteran. You aren't seeing a lot of guys opt out who are in pre-arb. Um, you know, you, you just aren't right now. Surprisingly. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder if we will see any kind of pattern emerge for teams that have more guys who feel like they have something to prove whatever that means. And, and that's a, another thing that that was just the sense I got from the Nolan Arenado conversation. We had just the other day, Patrick, this kind of like mm-hmm. the Rockies have so many guys who feel like they have to come out and prove their, their worth as ball players or, or as their team. Whereas some of these guys have some of the Dodgers have played in the world series every year for the past four or five years. Right. You know, some of these Washington guys that have opted mm-hmm. out. Like if I had just won the World Series and I was worried about the health and safety, yeah, that hunger to get back out on the field might not be there. So I, I don't know. Is that, I don't know. Am I, am I out of place? Does this make sense? No, it doesn't. If you've, yeah. if you've made big money in your career, it makes it a lot easier, you know, to walk away from the game, especially if you've got 10 years in. You know, it's it's one thing to, to have a nice, you know, uh, multi-million dollar deal or maybe you're you're making 50 or 60 million dollars over the course of, of your career. But until you hit 10 years uh, in the major leagues, you know, you don't get a pension. And that's kind of a big deal to a lot of guys. So, um, as you said, Kenley Jensen, he's he's made his money. Uh, AJ Pollock hasn't exactly made his money. He did just sign a, a nice deal. Uh, he's another guy that's also it's been reported that hasn't been in camp, along with a, with a couple other more um, yeah. in Los Angeles. Uh, same thing with Ryan Zimmerman. You know, he's he hasn't hung it up, but he's made some good money. Ian Desmond as well. And in, but that's not to say that you know if you've made money, you shouldn't show up to play. No, it just makes that decision right. that much easier. I think all three of us. If given the option, you know, we would stay home and just kind of hunker down um, and and be with our families because it, this this is a time of, of very much a, of life and death and, mm-hmm. and, and people being pitted against each other. And you that just makes you want to protect your family and your nest all, all the more. And mm-hmm. the easiest way you do that is if you just stay home, mm-hmm. hunker down. And if you can do that financially – then great. No one will begrudge you of that. But if you can't, 
man, then then you're just going to have to go out and figure it out. And the Rockies have a lot of guys that are trying to figure it out, and that could be another one of those reasons why you say maybe things will go Colorado's way this season. Yeah, I really like it from the financial standpoint. It's, uh, I mean, you guys outlined it perfectly. You can't uh, fault anyone. I think it's human nature to think that way and act that way. It's just smart at a certain point. It's yeah. just like, it's like buying an insurance clause. You just analysis the risk and assess the risk, assess the rewards. And it's like, eh, actually, I'm good. Um, and that's just fine. Like, congrats to you for being able to do that, truly. But from the winning standpoint, right, of, a team like the Dodgers, that's already accomplished so much uh, pennant-wise, and they've won the NL um, plenty of times. And, you know, all those guys as individuals, I think, feel pretty accomplished. You know, at least the, the big names on a team like that. And the Nats, you know, coming off a title, it's really like, sure, we'll play. But it's not that same <laughs> internal drive, right? right, right. Um, and it's one of those where a couple weeks go wrong. It's like, yeah, screw this gimmicky 60-game season. Who cares, right? Well, I think teams who haven't really had that success or like the Rockies have something to prove coming off consecutive postseason um, appearances and then having such an offseason last year, um, you know, might really be motivated. But so much of that is and in these uh, uncertain circumstances that Patrick's describing, it's really going to be creating that strong internal nucleus rallying around these uh, odd circumstances uh, to bounce back. Um but yeah, that's another layer in all this. And, you know, having seen like a gajillion leagues reopen now and try to bet on them and assess the risk reward, um, like I was just describing, there has been part of this where with every league reopening, I need to kind of back off and say, hey, I, I can try to think of all the factors, but there's always going to be some other factor that emerges that I hadn't considered. It's a very much a learn as you go type of deal with all of these leagues where we're going to find out a lot in the first couple weeks. Um, and that's going to be so huge for, for just carrying that momentum forward and really, un, you know, navigating all the differences in this, uh, you know, um, unprecedented MLB season. Yeah, You talk about team nucleus and how important that is. And, and the Rockies have one of the tighter ones, you know, again, there's a couple things lining up for Colorado to win their first NL West pennant asterisk, maybe, but a lot of things <laughs> lining up for it, you know, being, being such a homegrown, you know, organization, all of these guys have played with each other. They want to play for each right. other. Yep. And you, you see players on, on, you know, big deals uh, out there who maybe are towards the end of their career stepping away and saying, well, really it's, it's I'm not making that that money I was supposed to make. I'm only making you know a fraction of it, right? I'm, it's prorated, so I'm only making thirty percent of what I was going to make. Well, when you've got a guy like Nolan Arenado who signs a deal like he did, and he's the one of the most passionate guys in the game, and he wants to play, and you know I respect everything that that Mike Trout's doing, and and I'm I'm fully behind him, and, and props to him because he's the face of Major League Baseball, right. and he's going out there and he's wearing a mask even when he's on the field. Okay. Sean Doolittle is talking for 25 minutes to media with a mask on to say, look, I am a role model. I'm going to treat my job here in the public as an opportunity to show people how to do this the yeah. right way. If others aren't going to, then we'll be the ones who will do it. And Nolan is a guy who's who's saying. Yes, that's all fine and good, and I want to do those things. But playing baseball will get me 
in a more normal spot. I'm still going to wear the mask. Yes. As soon as the media, as soon as yep. he was done talking with the press yesterday, he immediately had it. He put his mask up in a, in an empty room, but he put it up right. just as part of the habit because for him, being at a stadium is yeah. like being at home and in mm-hmm. your backyard where mm-hmm. you're you're comfortable. So you want to be there and if that means you're wearing a mask at home because you have a smaller yard and there's a neighbors around or you live in a, a condo an apartment complex that's fine but you're comfortable in your home and so for nolan being at coors field he's at home throwing a mask on and, yep. and using hand sanitizer is easy peasy so if to have your top guy making the most money and has the most passion at the center of that nucleus mm-hmm. man you could really have something here in right Lodo. Yeah, when your star is escaping what's going on in the world, not by going to his 200 plus million, but by going to the ballpark and uh, taking BP, uh, you got you're you're cooking with fire, especially with all these other guys that have come up through the organization with them. Um, and it won't be that dissimilar from kind of a triple A AAA or a minor league feel this season in a lot of ways with the travel and how tight knit you are and the smaller crowds, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I. Uh, I like that a lot. Uh, I have a question for you guys, and maybe this is just too basic and uh, too much of a surface read on this schedule. But as soon as I heard more games at at the Dodgers, at the Diamondbacks, fewer games at the Padres, at the Giants, I immediately thought, oh, so maybe statistically the offense will look a little better than the pitching since we now have fewer games at two of the most pitcher-friendly parks and uh, a few more games at uh, two parks where the ball flies. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a perfectly reasonable thing to expect to have happen there. Um, also because um, now, contrary to popular belief, uh, I don't think the Padres' pitching staff is that great. I think the Giants' pitching staff is a dumpster fire. And so <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, even though they play in pitchers' parks – you should still be able to do some damage there as well. So actually, yeah, I, I expect there to be uh, more opportunities for the run for the Rockies to score a whole bunch of runs in their division. Other than obviously they're going to have their normal struggles against the Dodgers, and Walker Buehler is a very good pitcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know the the Padres they they've got some real live arms. Uh, I'll say that in in their rotation uh, and in their bullpen, but. Again, look at what Colorado did last year in a four-game series. They scored, let me check my notes, 6,022 runs <laughs> right, in a right. four-game series. Uh, yeah, they had 4 million yeah. hits, yeah. and that's about it. Yeah. yeah, they dominated. So, I mean, it does. you could be a live arm, but some of them are not ready. Like, they, yeah, they got the great, they got some fantastic prospects, but those prospects – as cool as they might be, they have to transition to be major leaguers, and they might not be there yet. I think they're going to be, and, and Drew and I, we don't agree on that. I think they're going to be, and, and this year they might take a step forward, but they're not going to be that. You know, Just because you have the best prospects, that doesn't immediately translate into the best team. It takes several years. Yeah, it happened a... with Houston. It takes time, and I don't think 2020 is that time just yet. So, again, that, favor, that favors Colorado. Fine line between – they're, they belong in the major leagues, uh, and they, they are capable of excelling regularly. So it may, we may be on the opposite side of a fine line there because 
I think those guys are good. I don't think their prospect status is overblown, but what you just said, it's like they're not just going to step into Major League Baseball and power a team that hasn't been, hasn't played a, a, a postseason game since 2011 into the, you know, like just all by themselves. Like, the pod- but they brought back the brown and mustard. <laughs> they brought back the brown and yellow. And that and the Tommy Pham really the ought to be enough. Fam <laughs> and Stram, Matt Stram. Stram that's Stram. right, Matt Stram. Um, so I did want to mention, before we get to this very last thing, I wanted to ask Dre that, that Will brought in, and I did find the tweet from Ken Gurnick, and it's been reported from several places just that Kenley Jansen has not shown up to Dodgers camp yet. There are rumors he may opt out. We don't like to mm. deal in rumor, but again, it's an example of that kind of thing of, where, and and we know he's had health concerns in the past, and he's another person you'd have zero percent of an issue saying like, of course, dude, take care of yourself, right? Man. Like you're you're, not only that, but Kenley Jansen is like uh, a gem of our game. Like let's let's yeah. not be casual with these people, you know. As much yeah. as you may be tempted to be like, well, it'd be good if the Rockies don't have to face that guy. Like no, the thing is, the game needs Kenley Jansen. And if for a season he's not going to be there, yes, that does benefit the Rockies on the field. But, you know, that's that's just one of those things we have to continue to to look at as we move through a, a crazy world. Another mm-hmm. guy I'm I maybe mildly worried about, and I don't think he's high risk, but it would be Tyler Anderson because um, I know he's had some injuries. And, and last year I believe it was in Miami where he had, you know, some chest pains or, you know, was light of breathing. I think it was more of the latter. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, again, you you got to wonder with him, you know, if he's going to be all right, he's he's closer to home, you know, in, in San Francisco uh, where he was picked up. He's going to do great in that ballpark if he's healthy. But, you know, you as you said, like these are human beings. And so you respect their decision. This isn't, you know, I, I can't even imagine what what this is, you know, uh, akin to. It's it's not even like, you know, going off to World War, you know, to one of the world wars and, and, and serving our country because, you know, if you don't play in the season, you're you're really making the right call. You're defending our country, right? In fact, if you stay behind, you're maybe you're doing the wrong thing. <laughs> right, right. Um, this so is, there, yeah. it's just nothing like this because players, frankly, because of the the system that we operate in professional sports, you have contracts and you have to fulfill that contract or you will just never get one again. That's it. There are guys like that that exist in the game, and okay, you just decided you didn't want to show up or you didn't want to you want to take a couple days off. They are few and far between. You know, Dennis Rodman might be able to get away with going on, you know, WCW Monday night, uh, Monday Nitro, and in a wrestling match, and and be late to the next day in practice. There's only one Dennis Rodman, but for the other millions of professional athletes out there, hey, you might be uncomfortable. But guess what? You signed a contract. Get your butt in there and and play. This is just imagine Ryan Tapia showing up at SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> I'd almost be worried they'd uh, they'd steal him from us. You know, uh, the Rockies have been so loosey goosey with giving him playing time. Ramel might be so so good, he <laughs> might find another calling. You know, I I would hate that. Absolutely, Wait, Drew. Drew, that makes me think that we may need to come up with a top ten list of you know who could have a career in pro wrestling, even if they're not a great worker. How who you just, just be like? Oh, this guy. Yeah, <laughs> this guy could have a gimmick, or he would just be great on the mic. You know, he might not oh, be very man. physical, but hey, he might be a good mid Carter. Tony you know, Walters he, he would be a transition. great manager, like a manager, right? He'd be the mouthpiece for. <laughs> oh man, 
I feel like the bombers have a lot of really good personalities that could fit there. Oh, yeah. We got to go all the time. We can put guys into factions and stuff. Okay. Well, we just booked a podcast of the near future. Nice. Um, (laughs) uh, I want to remind everybody, of course, to be drinking your Strava Craft coffee. It changed my life. It could change yours. If you use the promo code DNVR20, you'll get 20% off. It is infused with CBD. If you don't know what that means, it's non-psychoactive. It's just really good for your health. It's been scientifically proven to cut down on things like anxiety, migraines, crashes from caffeine. I've had it help uh, me in all of those categories. And suddenly the comment section has come alive with, with suggestions about pro wrestling and Chuck Nasty and Jason Giambi. And I just want to say I love our subscribers more than any people <laughs> in the entire world. Uh, you guys they, are, our are subscribers, the wings. Our subscribers, our listeners, they are what truly make DNVR. <laughs> no wow. doubt about that. Wow. Uh, Dre is like I. I don't know what that was about, but it was, <laughs> no, no. It was the, something. Can you get? We were doing our macho. That's man your people, man. Impressions before the show. Do you have oh, a macho good. man impression for us? Mm, not really. I mean, the the gargly <laughs> voice. You know, the deep gargly voice. Everyone does it. Could 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 you give me like a week to work on it? And can I come back uh, a week from now, maybe, and uh, and see see where I'm at with my right. macho man? Okay. You, you've got homework in the meantime. There you here's go. What, here's what I'm going to force you to, to do then before you answer our final question. Because okay. I'm a regular listener to DNVR Bets. I very mm-hmm. much enjoy the show. But now whenever you don't talk about Italian soccer, I get sad. Football. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. And yeah. it's because the way you say the team names just makes me so happy <laughs> inside. And it bothers me that you don't just... <laughs> Speak that way all the time. Well, right. I don't know how to say those names another way is my problem. I you know, know it's so great. So uh, can you get who are the four best teams in the? I just want to hear some names. Show, throw the names at me. What are the? Okay. What are the best? Is teams right Regia? Now? Is Regia? They're not one of the top four. No, no. You're you might be thinking Regina. They are relegated Regina. to the second division. Sadly, Regina is a. Not too hot these days, but no, you really have uh, Juventus, the team out of Torino that has dominated uh, the league for many, many years now. Unfortunately, Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo, who rocks the CR hat from time to time, not because he's a diehard Rockies fan, but because he's an egomaniac who likes his own initials. I would criticize him, but that's the same reason uh, IAS have an A's hat. So I, I can't complain, I suppose. Um, we're all we're all egomaniacs in our own way. Um, then you does have doesn't please. Uh, uh, oh, does Roma have an AS? Oh, no, they have an AR. Yeah, they're an A. They are AS Roma, and that stands for Associazione Sportiva. Oh. Usually, like my team, AC Milan, that's Associazione Calcio. So that's what I was going to say. Roma is a sports association. Milan is specifically a calcio association or soccer, as we call it. Um, and then, I was no. gonna say that, but you got there a little quicker than me. Uh, thank you. Thank you. We got you. there kind of at the same time, <laughs> oh but I'll give it to you. <laughs> thank uh, you. Thank you. That old Eddie <laughs> joke is uh, we're talking about football, which you call bananas, and you're reluctant to play it. <laughs> <laughs> 
terrible. Uh, but, you know, Lazio, the second team from Rome, they were in second place having a really nice season. They lost to my guys, AC Milan. I won some money on that this uh, this yeah. week. And so, unfortunately, they've lost some grounds. And my Crosstown rivals, my father's team, Inter Milan, um, they are they are third. And then fourth, we have one of the great stories in all of international soccer, Atalanta, which uh, plays in Bergamo, kind of the, the epicenter of the COVID outbreak in Italy. So it's kind of been this uh, weird contrast of this amazing sports story, but maybe them being so good and more travel wow. from fans kind of caused some of the COVID outbreak. Um, but they've also been a rallying cry for the city. So uh, there's like, I think I gave you six names there, Drew. So I, I hope you're happy. And correct Thank me you. if I'm wrong, but I think in Atalanta, they've got a lot of amazing cafes and this, there's this one little hole in the wall place. It's got amazing pasta. Yes, am I thinking of the right? Is that the right? City? I mean, you could say that about just about every Italian city. So you're <laughs> probably correct. You're blowing up my spot. Um, Come on, no. I was trying to look like Atalanta. Man. Just the team name, unfortunately. Bergamo is the city, so that's where your your plan <laughs> kind of came apart. I must say, anytime right, I get a notifi a soccer notification. I am. My brain is so confused with Atalanta and Atlanta FC now um, that oh, it's right. always like I got to check for that second L. You know, are we talking Atlanta in, in the south or Atalanta in Bergamo? So, yeah, that that happens sometimes if I'm following uh, La Liga for like Atletico. Wait, Madrid or Bilbao? Yes. So right. I, right. I, I, yeah. I feel your pain, my friend. Yeah. yeah. Truly some first world problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty right. much. Nowadays, so, yes. I, I wanted to ask you about this before we get out of here, Dre, as somebody who takes in pretty much all of the sports and does, you know, really get into drafts and schedules and a lot of these kind of technicalities of how the leagues are put together and how they do this. Um, knowing this was a near impossible task for Major <laughs> League Baseball to put this together, um, how do you feel like they did overall? I mean, we, we ran through a lot of issues for the Rockies and, and all of those stand, but we know that this was next to impossible to do and, and make everyone happy. So, you know, what, just having taken in a lot of this over the years, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it was really an impossible task uh, put forward, especially with an agreement coming to um, so late, you know, it being kind of one of these few uh, team sports leagues in the U.S. who hasn't gone by the bubble format. Um, of course, with Arizona and Florida spring trainings kind of falling apart, um, the, the league has, has had to adjust once more. Um, yeah, given the circumstances, I really think they did the best that they could, um, having to kind of settle with, you know, interleague schedules and trying to match up, you know, like AL West, with NLS to keep the geography closer. Um, you know, I, I think they could have got creative. I think there could have been, uh, you know, again, a bubble format where you might have kept a bit more of a, a truer schedule. Um, but with so many adjustments and compromises having to be made, yeah, it's the best they could make. I mean, it's kind of a bummer. Obviously, it's all done by machine, right? But it is kind of a bummer that a team like the Rockies gets too early breaks and, um, you know, it kind of feels like, yeah, of course that happened to a, a fan base and a team like the Rockies. Um, computers are not, uh, you know, forgive me for putting my tinfoil cap. I doubt that would happen to one of the big money franchises like the Dodgers or like the Yankees. But 
hey, you, you can't have everything. Uh, maybe I've gotten softer with my old age, or maybe I'm just so damn happy to potentially have baseball back at the end of the month that I'll, I'll take what I can get. Beggars can't be choosers at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I like I mean, how you think. I, I like how you think. It's, just, it's good to have sports back, or at least the idea of them, because we still have so many hurdles to go through before yeah, this can, can, you know, go down and and i've been hearing some some things from a few sources that if they get the season started they are going to finish it they're going to figure out a way to finish it so really the question is do they get it started and you know it we'll see we will see july 24th uh that's when that's when it'll it should all go down maybe even before then before teams even start traveling it could could be a july 21st thing when uh if and when Colorado does go down to Texas for the opening mm. of Globe Life Field. Can't come soon enough if you ask me, and maybe speeding it up, we can get through some problems. And you know, yeah. not oh whoop whoops that I did I miss that problem at that turn. Sorry guys, I guess we're starting the season and we're ending it now. So buckle up. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, it's just one of those where it's 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 the very the tippy top of the baseball world, right? All these leagues, they are the best of the best. And as an industry as well, it needs to prove to be the best of the best and, uh, you know, try our best to adapt to the most inconceivable circumstances and try to make it work like these other teams around these other leagues around the world are making it work. You know, we, we got to adjust and uh, figure it out. But, yeah, I cannot wait and I cannot wait for some high intensity baseball. Maybe that's just what I needed as uh, every baseball game to be worth two and a two point seven wins to really get the juices flowing and make every pitch matter, even in the regular season. You know, I, I had said before the start of last season that uh, the Rockies, because they had lost Cargo and Para, mm -hmm. and I had talked about how their lack of guys to lighten the load, they, they had too many serious guys, too many serious, intense guys who over the course of 162, there's no one to come in and crank, a, crank up the reggaeton and right. throw water on people and get guys to loosen up. But now it's like, well, in a 60-game season, screw all that. All these serious guys are what you want. All, all exactly. these guys who just, mm -hmm. all they care about is baseball, and they're going to be super yeah. intense, and any possible distraction is going to be that much worse. It's going to be fascinating. But before we get out of here, Wild the Innocent coming and asking, do the Rockies have any spots available still on that 60-man roster? Yes, they do. There's a lot going on. They've still got now. If we did our math, if you're counting Charlie Blackman, uh, it's 52. If you're not, it's 51. Right there in that range. They're expected to add more. But stick with us, man. That's what we're going to be doing here over these next several days and weeks. Because it, the closer we get, the the realer it gets. The the more it counts. Uh, they're they're going to have to be deciding all of these things. They got to figure out which of those bubble young guys is Ryan Rollison really. A, a potential to be on this roster and Crazy. help this team out this year. Something you never would have expected in a yep. normal season. Um, you know, what are they going to do with those extra spots and with the bullpen that they have? Uh, can Matt Kemp be a factor? Who's going to DH? Mm -hmm. uh, what, what does the outfield look like? All of these things. And then can they start hot? And then that becomes the question. So here mm. we go. Can't believe how excited I am over the release of a schedule. This has never happened. Before. I know. <laughs> Insanity, Drew. Never truly, will. usually they'll just drop it at some point in September, and right. nobody thinks about it at all. Yeah. Um, 
I, I've had I find some interest in it, especially because if I'm planning on going on a trip somewhere. So, well, you know, right. last September, last September, I'm thinking, hey man, July rolls around, I'm gonna go to Minnesota for a series, and lo and behold, yeah, we have this. So no no travel in 2020, uh, and maybe no travel in 2021 as well. Again, one of those things we're gonna have to wait and see about. Yeah. In the meantime, while the innocent points out, 17 days. 17 days away. So make sure that you are following us on the social media at Drew Creaseman at Patrick D. Lyons. What are you just at Andre Simone? You got a you got a letter in there? I'm not. Yep. Uh, of course at DNVR underscore Rockies. Make sure you're yep. subscribing to all of the podcast feeds, including TDSP, as we like to call it, the cool kids, the Denver Sports Podcast, DNVR Bets, if you want to figure out how you can use your baseball that's, knowledge that's, that's, to make yourself a little extra scratch on the side. We're going to have all this stuff coming your way. We're going to start having more and more exclusive interviews, so make sure that you're subscribed to the DNVR.com so you don't miss any of our articles as we start breaking down position battles, key players, what's going on at camp, who looks good, who looks intense, who's we're expecting that you know start hot and who's going to make that 30 man roster all of this stuff we finally get to analyze this instead of you know economic yeah. <laughs> legal documents yeah oh beautiful roster construction nothing better nothing better so in the meantime Everyone hang in there. Uh, be well to each other out there. Stay safe. Take care of each other. Wear a mask. You can buy one at the DNVR store. You can also get this super cool hat, this shirt, the one that Dre's wearing if you're into Will the Thrill. Uh, we got all kinds of cool stuff up there and available for you on the merch store. Other than that, can only ask that you continue to be absolutely awesome out there. We will continue to be Patrick Lyons, Drew Creaseman, and Android, Andre Simone. I'll get it right. In here. <laughs> uh, really do appreciate you joining us for this one. Thanks, everyone out there. And until next time, we'll see you at the ballpark.